welcome to the Beginner's Handbook. I'm Jordan. I'm Jamie. And in this episode, we're going to create or curate a naughty and nice list from the Beginner's Handbook from us to you. Yeah, so because it's the festive period, um, we thought, why not do something different and we'll do that. So this is, you know, it's not us giving you anecdotes of what's happened to us. It's not us giving you tips and things about how to either improve a game or how to help run a game or anything like that it's just simply bits and pieces that we found and we're gonna give you what we think is maybe a bit naughty and what we think is nice yeah even if we do give any sort of stories or anything like that we won't we, we're not going to be going into like jamie's yeah. just saying there it's <clears> not <throat> going to be like this is how we should do it or should have done it or whatever mm-hmm. um pretty much it will just be explaining things you know um, and certainly there might be some things that we've covered that if, if there is a topic around that we'll either make something about it or we'll direct you to one that we've maybe already done depending on what actually comes up but I have actually brought a naughty and nice list today and a little handbook for those who are listening um, so but I'll read through this at the table um, just when we're going into the lists but I think to start or before we start uh, we just want to throw, as usual, the question over to you, the, the listener or the viewer. Um, and the main thing, it's just the one this time, and it's have you ever had or run any Christmas-themed games? Um, and if you have, what were they? Were they scary? Were they fun? Uh, how, how did they actually go? Because I've certainly in the past had games where uh, it's going. To, it's a Christmas-themed game, at least. It might not be actually Christmassy, but I've also had Santa in my games and things like that as well, which was a riot, mm-hmm. especially because people killed him um, or tried to. Yes, the kids. He is alive and well, children. Um, it but was, It was merely an actor playing Santa. Yes, it was just role-playing. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so we'd love to hear from you guys what you might have done for a Christmas-themed game if it didn't link to Christmas directly, so... Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I've never had a Christmas themed game at all. No, no, nobody, nobody cares about me enough to do that. So there you go. Well, that sounds like a start of a Christmas story, a sad, sad Christmas story, mm-hmm. uh, which is very much similar to some of the suggestions I've got for today's list. Yeah. It's like Home Alone, but Kevin's family don't come back. And they never make mm-hmm. it back. Although, have you ever seen the Home Alone where it's like edited to be R-rated and stuff like that? It's, <laughs> no. it's really good. I can't remember. I think it's Corridor Crew who does it. I'm sure it's those guys, but anyway, it's pretty good. Um, but okay then, I think we'll just kick it in. So what we'll do is we, we'll both get little lists that we're bringing to the table and we'll just talk about what it is or where we would categorise something. Uh, we might put something on screen. We'll see how much work that's going to be. Um, but we might have something on screen or a tally or something. Uh, but for those listening, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, but uh, oh, oh, saying that, it might be in the description or something. Um, mm. So, But I think just to start off then... One of the things I promised start off with the naughty list, because that's the easiest list for me. Um, and one of the things I'd like to bring in, so as you probably know if you've listened to this, uh, I like Call of Cthulhu. I'm really, really big into it. So in one of the scenarios, and I've not played it, I've listened to, to playthroughs of it and I've been keen to play it, uh, but it's one called Under a Winter Snow. Uh, sure, it's not directly Christmas themed, but it's set during winter. And if you want it to be set at Christmas, go ahead. Although it's not exactly the most um, exciting... Well, it's exciting, but it's not, like, happy. It's, it's very much the opposite. It's set in the States. Uh, it's in North Dakota. 
uh, and it's after World War. I'm sure it's the First World War. Um, I've got a 50-50 chance with that one. So. Uh, yeah, as I've, I've brought notes about the game just because it's been a while. So, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. <clears throat> so it's basically you go into the town. There's a bunch of investigators. I think the first part of it's like setting up the scene or something. But it's about about a disease that comes through. Uh, into the town and there's all this other stuff I, I won't go into it in case you ever play it or um, or run it um, if you want to run it um, but it's a good scenario I've, the, the games that I've seen that ran quite a few sessions and I've, I've been looking at maybe buying it and running it it's available on Drive Through RPG um, but it's definitely a good one but because it's horror and it's about this evil disease and it's it's Cthulhu so there's sanity loss and there's World War One backdrop and things uh, it's very much on the naughty list for me although as much as I love those games it's, it's much better suited in the naughty list I think yeah I don't <laughs> I don't see anything that's maybe <laughs> going to pull it out in the nice list um, after First World War disease winter Freezing frostbite. Nah, I, I, I think that makes it on the, the naughty list. Oh, I think. do you know what? You see, if um, our guy, our <laughs> GM, had uh, made his Franklin Expedition game, we could have had it on the list. Because you see, if it was like published, we could actually recommend it. That, this could, was, yeah, it was yeah, one yeah. set in the Arctic, so I suppose again, it's, it's cold themed rather mm. than winter. I don't know when it was set, but it's you know it's cold, but we could easily have that set during Christmas. Mm-hmm. But that was also a great game. Uh, but it's not very. Much, it's definitely a naughty list scenario as well. Yeah, we have yeah. we have spoke about this in other episodes and stuff. I'm sure. Um, but anyway, if if you've heard the other episodes, you would have seen it. Uh, or sorry, you would have heard us talk about the Franklin expedition. But anyway, that's my first suggestion for the naughty list. It's mm-hmm. the under a winter's. Um, I'm just looking. I actually forgot the name. Under a winter's snow. I almost said night there because I'm thinking of. Is something else I've got on my list but anyway so what about you um, naughty or nice list what have you got well for me the first one that I'm going to throw out there I'm going to throw it out for the naughty list as well just mm-hmm. why not why not oh I take it we are agreed on naughty list for under winter snow oh yeah, yeah. just for the, the visual prompt okay cool yeah. that's just so I know later on uh, when I'm looking at talking or sorry talking to Jordan the editor that is um, but anyway, so your thing is a naughty list. Yeah, so I am going to throw out there, and rather than a scenario <clears throat> that you can go and play, I'm going to throw a concept out there. A concept, very yeah. good, very abstract, yes. very nebulous. Yeah, so I'm going to throw out surprise, key point being surprise, player versus player combat. Ah, yes, your favourite. Yeah, sure. We yes. have spoke about this one for sure. Yeah, so there's a whole episode dedicated to that if you want to go and find that. Um, so I'm going to throw that out for the naughty list and the reason I'm throwing it out there for the naughty list is because whether it's a player character fighting another player character Mm -hmm. or whether it's an NPC as controlled by a player fighting a player character then if you just spring that on your players if you don't tell them and then all of a sudden you've got a character that somebody's worked for however long to kind of drag up from the, the lowly depths of level 1 and get them all the way up to level 20 or whatever the situation is if you spring that on them and then you're asking one <clears throat> one member of your group to kill and go out their way to kill somebody else I think that's a bit naughty so I'm, I'm conflicted in this and maybe it's in part because I've not had because of your kill count because uh, of my kill count <laughs> being part uh, in part the reason for it 
but I've also not been the person that's lost a massive, massively played character at all from it either. Um, but it's, PvP's an interesting one, and I'll come on to like one of my other suggestions maybe later on, because there's something that does, there's, there's a lot of PvP in it, or at least depending on how you set it up, there's a lot of mm. PvP. Um, but PvP is something, I suppose it should probably stay in the naughty list, but I think the reasons why it could be in nice, I would say, because, uh, well, like you're saying, it's the surprise part of it. And yeah. Now, some groups are okay with that. Some groups are kind of set out to do that sort of thing. And fair enough. I mean, we're not, though, gen- at least yeah. our group isn't generally. Um, but I would argue, like, some of the reasons that it would be nice, or maybe if you're listening, you might put it in a nice category because of it, or because of these reasons, is things like, it's exciting. You know, it's, it, it adds a lot of attention to your games. It mm-hmm. lets you do kind of role play stuff with your pals and and get to kind of play off each other especially if you like to improv or do things like that mm-hmm. uh, i've definitely like one of your characters who was he called again the guy with a big beard who was that again it was like that valden valden remember star wars game was it and anyway, he had like oh a, yeah yeah, yeah, he had yeah like an yeah, assassin sorry. guy I, I was thinking i was thinking of our dwarf campaign. I'm saying, who, who are you I, talking I'm about? I'm jumping about something else. The guy with the beard, the dwarfs, the vulgar well, beards. I, the vulgar Narrow beards. Down. I'm, I did um, a thing for, I, I made a portrait for my dwarf character. Mm. I think he's actually on the back of my computer. Um, you won't be able to zoom in computer enhance, although it'll be way too small to see it, I think. But, oh, um, he's just creeping in there. Aye, so... Uh, I anyway, I I wondered with him if he was going to be quite PvP ish uh, because I mean basically as we were all kind of separate characters. I don't think in that game we actually were pals in any means. I think I maybe knew one of the guys, but it wasn't close pals. So whereas J- Jamie's guy was really sideways, not sideways. Sorry, it was really kind of not part of the our group basically, or not part of. I mean, I wasn't part of the group either. But he was more like the outsider compared to the rest of us even mm. though we were all technically outsiders um, so I wondered about PvP during that game but it became over time I don't know if that was on the cards yes uh, I had that and you put it in the naughty list uh, yeah but <laughs> yeah, I, it's more work to be honest PvP I, I had it on the cards but it's one of those things it's like it's having it's having the threat there, but never actually wanting to use it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I get that. I had it. Basically, again, we we weren't going to talk about scenarios and games, but anyway, that's us. So we we are. Uh, your character and the author, if you have been following who these individual people are, you both had a kind of loose connection. And yeah, you, that's right. You were about that. You were there. We, we were all sent to this same place to achieve the same task. Whereas with myself, I had no connection to the other two players. And basically it was like cryogenics and then woken up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right, okay, who are these two other guys? I don't know who they are. I don't know if they are going to try and stab me in the back. And that was what I was trying to play. Just mistrust and keeping an eye on people and just try to achieve his own personal goals but knowing full well that I would have to work with him and cooperate with him in order to get close to those goals so I had the kind of route map planned out and um, it got to the point where I never actually engaged in player versus player combat although 
that threat still hasn't went away, but I'm not going to go into details about that in case anybody's watching and stuff. Aye. Um, you know, I might need to club them in the back of the head. So anyway. Aye. So, so basically, that I think some some reasons to support, are not maybe I suppose it's still not technically nice, but it can actually be a lot of fun. And even having mm-hmm. that threat there, you know, with that game that we played, um, it was one of these things that my guy was very much the team player and things like that. So it was always trying to pull your guy in, but doing it in a way that was just... So it gave a lot of... It made what would have been kind of quite a standard mm-hmm. go through this um, kind of facility and get out alive. It allowed us to think a bit more and yeah. do a bit more with the guys and the kind of role-play scenarios because otherwise it can get a bit stale sometimes when you've done games that it's very much the same thing. Yeah. So the, the threat of potential PvP was quite good. Uh, and if your sort of group is people that actually do engage in that then actually it can be very real you know mm-hmm. uh, I know it was real for our group because we're kind of up for anything you know I think generally at least for me I t- avoid PvP in like my games and stuff because sometimes people kind of get upset with it and it can be a bit boring if you're always at each other's throats Yeah, but there's certain characters and stuff it can be a lot of fun with mm-hmm. so that's maybe some reasons to put it in the nice list but it's still technically naughty especially if it's a surprise zone people being at each other's throats and putting it in the nice list what? it's awesome in, in a game it is awesome like there's so many games and I've got one in this list the game is in the naughty list but the PvP element is not actually I'll maybe come on that in a second but mm-hmm. Um, might be worth coming on to it just now aye okay then so one of the things so this isn't a Christmas oh, game and just to clarify surprise key point being surprise player versus player combat naughty or nice I, I think if you've got a campaign or something or a group that doesn't ever engage in it and you just hard through it on it and it was like permanent I would say it's naughty I think if you've got a group that isn't hard into it but, they, but maybe you do it I really don't want to spoil the beginning of this game. But anyway, there's... I won't. Hmm. But there's uh, there's some scenarios that you play that it does throw you against players, like each other. It's like you have to kill each other for whatever reason, but it, there's not a consequence. Hmm. So sure, they go through all the stress of it, but at the end, it's like it's not a bad thing. Hmm. But if you've got a group that doesn't do it, they're not comfortable with it, and you force them to do it, and it's permanent. Like your guy, like when they get the head chopped off and that, like that was a surprise PvP mm-hmm. that had permanent consequences mm-hmm. for like whatever it was clo- close to two years if not two years character mm-hmm. you know so that I would say is a naughty thing mm-hmm. not saying it's a bad idea depending on your group but it's just it still under the naughty list but naughty sometimes cool too <laughs> is all I would say yep that's the thing as well I don't think we talked about this but although we might put something in the naughty category it doesn't mean it's bad doesn't mean you should avoid it um, so under naughty things that are a bit cheeky shall we say might be there or things that are a bit unorthodox might go in naughty rather than bad yeah. the same with something that's nice it might yeah. be something that puts you under a bit of stress but it gives you either something new and creative that you can do or it has to force you to problem solve or, or, or something like that. Nice doesn't necessarily mean good, easy, light-hearted and fun. Yeah, it's it's more things that it's like, this is cool for your game at Christmas time, I think. Um, but then, even so, um, take it with a pinch of salt. Um, that also means as well with some of the stuff on this list, not all of it has to be Christmas-themed. You know, Now, things that are Christmas-themed or winter-themed, I've already put in here, you know, because it's an easy choice. 
Um, and it's like, I like the winter period for games anyway because mm-hmm. I love like the thing, uh, the eighties, the thing that is. Um, and you know it's such a great setting, and I think I've done a couple of games with that sort of theme, you know, mm-hmm. and always done them at Christmas time because everybody's like immersed in being miserable in the cold and being isolated because of snow and ice all over the roads. But um, so I, it doesn't technically need to, or strictly need to be like Christmas or winter themed. Uh, and that brings me on to another one from my naughty list. I'm going to need to bring in some of my nice stuff, and that is. Um, I've spoken about this recently I don't know if it was on this podcast or if it was just with people but it's the alien cinematic scenario Chariot of the Gods now it's an awesome scenario it's a cinematic one eh, which means fast, brutal it kind of sit, maybe like that's really the point it's supposed to replicate how the alien films do their thing so it usually means fast and permanent death for characters mm-hmm. you know very difficult to make it out a session forgetting the actual game you know things like that so and the reason I put that under the naughty list is it's awesome I love every time I think I've run that full a full three times now like so maybe about 12 13 14 times or 12 to 15 times let's say and just kind of keep it in there and so I've run that a lot and we've had a blast every single time but the reason I put it on the naughty list is also the reason I really like it as well and it is brutal. It's so asymmetrically against the players that it's it's, it's it has to be put in naughty. Do I spoil? Nah, I don't want to spoil. But basically, most of your decisions in that game, there's there's a couple of opportunities for PvP, which is part of the reason why mm-hmm. we've we'll put it in the naughty list for the beginner's handbook. But there's reasons that I would actually support doing PvP anyway, even though it's in the naughty list. Um, but there's there's a couple, at least a couple of opportunities for pretty hardcore PvP in that game. Mm-hmm. And when we played it, it, that happened. You know, there was at least two people, I'll say, that were very content with killing their teammates for whatever reason. And I can tell you, yeah. it could have turned into 100%. You all wanted to kill each other as well at one point, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Um, I'll, I'll maybe tell you about what that was later, because I can't remember if I did uh, after the game. I'm but not sure if you did, actually. I don't know if I did. But anyway, and there's a couple of major choices in that game as well that if you make them, you're screwed. Like, your guy is screwed and they're 100% going to die is is pretty much it. So it's very much your people are going to die. And it's awesome because of it. And I just smirk behind the GM screen. It's like, are you going to do this? And it's like, no. I'm like, oh, come on. No, you're running out of air, man. Come on, you've got to. And it's like, no. And then it, people end up doing it and they think, well, He's died before you've seen the outcome of some of those decisions, but yeah. Um, anyway, Chariot of the Gods. Any other thoughts on it? I'd, I'd probably, I imagine you think it's naughty too after the session. No, actually, I would disagree with you. you I think would, so? I would put that under nice. Okay. Again, remember, it's not as clear cut as you might think it is. The reason I would put that under nice is because before you start the game, you you dish out the the players their characters and you dish out their their um agendas the agendas yeah so you dish out the agendas so everybody knows that everybody else has got an agenda so everybody turning up to the table knows that everybody that's there is going to be trying to achieve their own personal goals Mm -hmm. now you don't know what any of those goals are and then this is where like the little bits of paranoia and things can start to creep in but the long and the short is everybody 
is in the exact same position when they come to the table which is kind of similar to one of the games that I've done but I'm not going to talk about that because it's not published and we're not here to be talking about scenarios and things but that was the same kind of thing that happened everybody knew that for my game that they were either That's right. with somebody in a team or they weren't and it was their job to figure out who their allies were and who their allies weren't and then that would then give them an advantage in taking the game forward so that I would put under nice because everybody's all in the same boat so nobody's getting anything sprung on them nobody's getting real betrayal or sure, real okay. hurt or anything like that because everybody knows that at some point it's probably going to happen everybody everybody's in the same boat so I would put that under nice I would disagree with you it's funny you talk about there's no real betrayal but I think it was you that booted my sister into the clutches of an alien and she died it was either you or Andrew no no it wasn't me no. was that the other no, guy uh, yeah um, okay <laughs> but, oh it was so good though honestly there was so much blood it was awesome but um, do you know what we've put PvP in Naughty and there's PvP in this but I think thematically like for the players it's kind of it's a Naughty game mm-hmm. because it's so against them and the chances are everyone's going to die I think the only time I played it, no one made it out, and that was one night we played it. So I mean, we burnt through characters real quick. Yeah. Um, but um, I think for the reasons you're saying though, because I think as a game that is really, really brutal, hmm. and has significant amount of um, PvP opportunity, um, especially I mean, with alien games, you can make your like, you can let people make their own guys and and build their own personal agendas, but. Definitely, if you do run this at the Christmas period or whenever you do it, um, it's better with the cinema, well, at least the cinematic one I've done, to stick to at least mm. the personal agendas. It keeps it smooth and things. But because of the way it's structured, it actually gives people a good, even if their guys die really quick, mm-hmm. it, it's very much so giving you the chance to go or give them a new character. And there's like up to 15 or 16 NPCs they can play, not including your own group. Yeah. Uh, your own team of five no matter how many players you've got I think there's like up to it's like six no it's 11 sorry or something it's 10 or 11 other NPCs that they have access to um, if their guys start to die so it's very much cool chin up here's a new guy and then you get all these cool agendas so do you know what why not let's put it in the nice list because I mean I've had a blast I just put it in the naughty list because it's so mm-hmm. brutal but it's also so good it's, yeah. it's sometimes nice to be naughty though this gate was so good um, but okay, cool. Let's put that in uh, the nice list then. The Chariot of the Gods. So that's a free free league game and it's part of the starter set, I believe. Um, it was free on Rule 20 for a while, but definitely worth checking mm-hmm. out. It's, it's quite inexpensive as well. So especially if you get the starter set, I think it's like £25 or something like that. Um, it gives you dice. Yeah, which is something in international currencies. It's something, who knows, yeah. wherever the pound is right now. It's, it's something nearby, but it's great. Totally, 100% recommend it. I've had a blast with it. Yep. But, um, okay, what have you got? Well, following on from that, I am going to throw out a different concept. Um, most of the things that I've brought to the table are concepts here. So I'm going to throw out secret factions and ulterior motives. Now, We've just talked Ties about in. we've mm-hmm. just talked about alien. We've just talked about the agendas, and again talked about the game that I ran, which was again had a similar kind of thing going on. But I'm gonna throw out secret factions and ulterior motives 
and I'm going to assume that this is an individual or individuals that are bringing this forward rather than it's built into the system of the game. Okay. And I'm going to fire that into Naughty. And pretty much for the reasons that I just kind of talked about beforehand. If it's okay. built in as part of the system, everybody's in the same boat, it's an even playing field. So although everybody has a secret agenda, is it really a secret agenda when you know that everybody else has got one? So it kind of takes the edge off it. This is properly somebody scheming, somebody plotting, somebody smiling to your face and the second you've got your back turned just plunging the knife in again and again and again. That's what I'm throwing out there, so I'm putting that under naughty. Jamie says that as if he didn't clobber my guy at the back of my guy's skull in with a wrench one time. Although, to be fair, I was possessed. In fairness, you attacked me first. That was self-defence. It wasn't me, though. It was like the demon man or something like that. Um, that was like two games in a row. I think it was like me killing you or something. Or, or trying try to, to kill, kill me, you. yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, you did OD me in my last game. Mm. You just totally... I don't know if that was intentional or not, although... Um, it was it was awesome. No, it was one of those things. It's like it was so. I cool. know. I'll hit him in the back of the head with a wrench. That'll knock him out. Yeah, and then you roll. And I think it was a max it. damage. Uh, yeah. like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Insta kill. <laughs> Oops. Um, but uh, yeah, to be honest, again, I'm kind of I like that sort of stuff, but it depends. I mean, and it always depends because some people don't like it. I'm actually reframing this as we go on, right? Because. Yeah. The way I'm seeing this now is this is a naughty or nice list for stuff to do or add to your games, whether it's a mechanic or a feature uh, during Christmas. And the big thing about Christmas is people just want to have a lot of fun. And if your group wants to have a lot of fun, go ahead and put in the ulterior motives. But the problem I've had in the past, and I'm not saying it's always terrible, but I've seen before where when it's like people are individually coming and basically scheming, you know, mm-hmm. about other players and wanting to do them in and things. Now, the, a GM will probably just be like, nah, you're not going to assassinate your pal, basically, who doesn't know you're going to do it, you know. And take all their money. And take all their money. That did actually happen well, in a game I did at the comic was, shop. Um, I was going to say, let's face it, most of these assassination decisions, money's at the root cause of it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, somebody, a player did that at, at our table and then one of the other players it charmed them and they failed their check and had to give the money back to them and that, they never showed up. It was their only game. It was just some kind of drifter that came in, you know. Um, it was like a drive-by play session for him um, <laughs> and he ended, he ended up losing all his money. But... Um, aye, so I think though because it's like I'm thinking about playing this stuff at Christmas period and I would say a lot of people it's like usually you want to have a lighter hearted even if you want to do a horror game at Christmas you still want it to be kind of dramatic and fast and that's where Alien it's kind of built around I think I'd said to you for weeks beforehand mm. like it's going to be really brutal you're probably going to die you're all going to die first game everybody survived yeah that was really annoying though for me I know but but the thing is I prepped them for it you know so and that's okay you can play it at Christmas no, everybody's down for that but the kind of more insidious PvP elements or ulterior motive stuff maybe not so much so I would actually put that under naughty because we're talking about games around this mm. kind of festive period so I would agree yeah good right so motives so I'm going to put that one down just so when I'm editing I can do the wee pings or whatever we'll see how fancy we get um, for it it's so close to Christmas already though but we'll see um, alright so I'm going to jump over I'm not going to tell you what list this is in although you can probably imagine it uh, do you know what I'm just 
that this is on the nice list, okay? And part of the reason for this, and if you play D D, you almost like one hundred percent have heard of this campaign, but it is awesome. And that is Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Um, I think Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, it's got it's got a funny title. I can't. I mean, it's Rhyme of the Frost Maiden campaign anyway. It's the one with the owl looking person in the front cover. Um, it is a great campaign, and I won't I won't go into the. It's a big one. Um, but I mean, people have it up at the same level as the Curse of Strad, which I've run quite a lot of now, mm-hmm. probably about thirty or so games. I think at this point, is as much as that because we've been, we've been playing it well over a year. So. Um, anyway, so it's up at the same quality. So if you play Cursor Strad, sure, Strad's very gothic horror, and if that's your thing, nothing's going to kind of reach that yeah. level, I would say. But Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is so good, and it's it's definitely it's maybe technically not Christmas themed, but if you wanted to augment it with Christmas themes in it, right, it's, it's, got, it's got frost. In it's set in frost, and there's a frost maiden, and there's snow, so that's close enough. All you need to do is just put Christmas hats on NPCs, and you're done. So. <laughs> I, I would say it's, it's a good one to play at Christmas, especially because people are going to have maybe time off and things like that to play mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Um, the best kind of bigger campaigns that I've done is when we've had chances to play like block sessions. So maybe not a 12-hour session in a day, but we might play two and a half hours in the morning, maybe a wee bit in the afternoon or or and or a, mm-hmm. a kind of proper session in the evening and maybe play mm-hmm. it more the next day. And it gives you a real good period for you and your players to sink your teeth into the campaign because uh, it, it's really cool. It, there's a lot of stages in it and I, I've not read it all or anything yet, but all the stuff I've read so far, super cool. And it, apparently it gets better from what I've heard. So yeah. I would absolutely put that in. I don't think you've... We've never actually spoke about it. I think I mentioned maybe running it sometime, but mm-hmm. to be honest, it's hard to actually get time to run this stuff these days because there's so many games. In our group now, everybody has games to run, you know. Yep. But yep. it's a fantastic campaign, so I would say put that and play this at Christmas in a nice list. Yeah, I would also agree with you in that one. And one of the reasons I would agree with you that he never touched on is if, you, you. if you, well, you know, you should have thought of it, um, is that if you want, a, and I'm going to use inverted commas here for anybody that's listening and can't see me do the air quotes, um, if you want a Christmassy game but you're worried about it being a bit twee and a bit too nice and a bit too cringe then something like that is ideal because you're getting a winter type setting and you can then take it and run with it and do something a bit more serious but if it's a break away from what you normally do then you're still getting that kind of seasonal jaunt if you like maybe Maybe not the case if you live in Hawaii or Australia or something where Christmas time is like scorching and you're outside and I just play a desert campaign at that point. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I mean yeah I I would definitely say that as well because the thing is I mean as far as I've seen I've not read like every D and D campaign or anything like that but I certainly know a a lot about Mm -hmm. you know a a good portion of them. Um, and even a lot of D&D campaigns they tend to be you know it's not like we're talking about Christmas which can be a bit too um, kind of happy-go-lucky for some people you know but a lot of D&D games actually tend to be a bit like not like that completely but even like Strad and things there's quite miserable stuff in Strad but it still feels very high fantasy and power and everyone's Mm -hmm. happy and well maybe not quite happy it's a miserable setting 
but it's not the same as like the Pathfinder campaigns I've read, which I don't think a lot of them would suit a Christmas period, even if they were in winter, because they feel a bit more kind of hardcore, like Strange Eons I've spoken about before, mm. very much like bleak, and it's in an asylum, at least the first part is. So it, it, the Frost Maiden one, it hits a good ground, because there's serious stuff in it too, you know? So it mm. just depends on how you play it. It could be more serious if you have a group that tends to prefer that, or you could just ham up some of the not caricatures, but almost the kind of the kind of comic booky type stuff that might be in it. I, mean, I won't go into what's in it, mm. but there's certainly ways you can jaunt it up if you wanted that, and if you wanted to make it more Christmas themed, that would be a scoosh. So, and it's a good one. So, I, I I don't I've seen a lot of people arguing about what's the best out of that and Curse of Strad. Um, and people say that Dragon Heist is the best one <laughs> so they come out and pull another one out but um, aye I would say go mm-hmm. for Reign of the Frost Maiden at Christmas because um, Strad, Strad's an all year campaign especially Halloween it's great mm-hmm. for Halloween but mm-hmm. Reign of the Frost Maiden is brilliant for, for um, winter I would say yeah yeah keep it I'm just going to say special that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for but if you keep it kind of it's something that you play on occasion then it kind of keeps a bit of the kind of the charm of it I would say yep yeah, so cool so it's the full name is Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frost Maiden I, could, mm. I just could not remember those first two words and it's funny because I was looking at it before we started recording but oh well it's just the way it is this is like when I run games I'm like oh who was the six NPCs they just met yeah Um. but okay doke cool so probably so that's it we've got a couple naughty a couple mm. nice that we've agreed on mm-hmm. so what else you got I am going to throw I want out... to guess what it is. I'll have a guess. Well, I'll guess if it's not yeah, nice, I mean... Okay. Swapping character sheets. I... For me, I don't know where you, you will go with this. For me, I would be putting that in the nice list because I think more so... I think if it was new players... I wouldn't even recommend it, but it's a really cool it's mm. a cool concept to do. And the, the only time I've ever seen it in like the five or six years I've played D and D, it was that one game mm-hmm. that, that we had. Um, and I would put that in nice because it was nice. It was so cool, uh, particularly because I've done so many of these games. And it's like with D and D, I kind of get fatigued a bit because I play that the most, mm-hmm. well, almost the most now. But I just so much D and D over the last five years. Um, that that was a mechanical switch that I'd never experienced, and it mm-hmm. just it totally changed the game for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm putting that in nice at least. Yep. What, what was your? So I would put that under nice as well. Now cool. again, the little caveats, like Jordan was saying, probably not the best for inexperienced players because mm-hmm. they're it's trying to get to grips with their own character and their own character sheet. And then all of a sudden you take that off of them and you put something else in front of them and then it's kind of, they're, they're back to the beginning again trying to figure out what's going on. So it's better with more experienced players, I would say. But again, like Jordan's saying, it's good because it gives you a little bit of stress because all of a sudden, even as an experienced player, you know where everything's laid out in the character sheet and you know how to... Um, like interpret some of the rules and things and you can work with it even if it's a, like a class you haven't played or anything but what it does is it gets your brain working and it gives you that little bit of stress because you're having to quickly figure out what to do 
as the rounds of combat are coming in and as your turn is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. So it is good for all that. And again, going back to what we said, kind of it wasn't at the start because we didn't see it at the start, but near the start for the episode is that naughty and nice are a bit ambiguous. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all fluffy kittens and rainbows on one side and then doom and gloom on the other side. So because you've got that little bit of stress and because it's getting your kind of problem solving part of your brain working Mm -hmm. and it's keeping you focused and active and it's something different to do that's why I put it in the nice category and because all you're doing is you're taking two player characters or more depending on how it works out and you're swapping the sheets you've not got anybody at the table that's then you know, try to cause harm to the character or try to do anything like that. Everybody's still in the same boat. Everybody wants to survive the combat and move on to whatever the next next scenario is gonna be for you. So it means that you're not you're not overly risking any of the other kind of player characters that are there. Now there is an element of risk to it because if you give somebody a class that they're completely unsure with and they're looking at it and that person starts taking damage and they start getting a bit stressed and they start panicking or anything like that then you you might be running into some dodgy territory there but in general I think it kind of it normally works out okay yeah and do you know what it's something actually I can't believe I've not done that in my games yeah because I mean that was a while ago that happened and I've run Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good while ago, no? I'm, I'm tra- I've probably run more D&D games since that time that happened than we've played as a group. Like, because, I mean, I'm, I'm running at least two D&D games a week. Usually it's a bit more. But I, it's, it's either three or four sessions I'm doing a week, you know, whether I'm running or playing. But I definitely run at least two a week because of, like, a couple of the groups I'm with and things. So there's so much D&D and I just don't know, I don't know why I've not used that yet because it's so cool. Like when it happened, it was like, oh crap, this is something else. Yeah, it it was kind of strange as well because it happened to the two of us and it was a case of, right, okay, you two guys swap character sheets now. And it was kind of like, huh, what, huh, what, what? us and you know it kind of it was weird I was like I don't want to play his crap character (laughs) that I'm going to kill in two games but not tell anybody about traitor anyway did I kill that guy? yeah no that was the other guy that killed him no I I I was it was a it was an NPC that killed him it wasn't Jordan was this not your guy hanging from a the airship? no when the mine swap that was him no. we'll talk about it later I was, I was definitely after that by the way I'll tell you why later but um, sure it was um, it wasn't I'm telling we'll, you. we'll talk about it later so anyway nice list it was so cool no seriously though it was, it was a lot of fun and it just it totally switched it up and the reason I know it was after that because I was playing the wizard spells and stuff and you were playing the barbarian so there was a wizard spell list and things like that and I was hanging from an airship um, I did not kill that character I think Maybe it was. It was, um, because I was playing a wizard and never got to play your other guy who had amazing abilities that Jamie never used, but there was good reason because they would disappear and blow up or something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's 
awesome. It's definitely try it. That's all I would say. It's cool, especially if you're a GM listening. I don't know if it's something their guy made up or if it was from something, but regardless, it was so cool to actually experience. It took me totally mm-hmm. out of the same monotony. Like I play play the barbarian in that game, so it was like run up. Oh, make sure your age. Run up two attacks. If I crit or kill someone, I get another attack as a bonus action because of one of my feats, and that was basically my plan for the entire fight and it had been for probably the last yep. seven or eight months you know so when it switched over to the wizard I'm going I can just shoot stuff from over here this is awesome so anyway yeah. cool yeah, we yeah. agree on that one yeah yeah and I think just quickly touching on what you're saying about how you've not done it yet the thing with swapping a character sheet the way it happened for us it wasn't just right Jamie Jordan swap and it was random and it came uh-huh. just clunky and in, in there it was the whatever character that we were fighting and coming up against yeah. you get hit with a spell from them that's a good point well you specifically did which then made you hallucinate and think that you were my character and to achieve that then we both swap the character sheets I think from memory is how it happened Aye, it was something to yeah. that effect and it, it was cool it was really cool mm-hmm. so but um, yeah so I'll maybe I've got a couple I'll maybe just rattle through them though because it's more just because um, we've touched on um, these already so mm-hmm. one thing I recommend I don't think we really need to put this in a, a naughty or, or nice side but although if it was going on the side I would say nice um, but one thing I would definitely recommend if you're someone that's competent with playing games but you want to do something like Christmas try making your own game using D&D like actually make your own scenario um, because there's so much stuff out there that you can just pull from online and one of them I've actually put on the list uh, actually two of them I've put on the list um, because D&D, the thing with D&D is sure kind of combat if you played it lots it kind of becomes the same thing you know it takes a bit of work to make it more exciting when it comes to combat but it's really, really good at like making people feel cool because they get all these cool spells. They don't die that quick. So even if they do go down, they might be worried, but they'll get back up. And if you compare that to pretty much most of the other systems I like to play, mm-hmm. when you go down, you're pretty much dead. If it's alien, most of the time they're dying. If it's Call of Cthulhu, if you fail your check, you're, you're dead. Mm-hmm. If you're playing Delta Green, if you hit zero hit points, you just die. You don't get anything else, you're dead. So D&D allows people to kind of be a bit more um, ham-fisted with their approaches and stuff, and it's dead easy to make up a game for it. You know, well, I'm saying that as someone that's run a lot of games, but generally if you put in one small mystery and throw in a fight and you've got like four or five players, it's probably going to take them a one-shot session anyway, mm-hmm. so it's dead easy to do. So that's one thing I recommend. And with that in mind, I have... A creature. So any of the creatures that I bring into this, I've spoke about like some of the stuff I've been recommending so far and putting them into nice or naughty and saying, oh, run it at Christmas, it'll be under the nice list. What I'm going to talk about now is a couple of characters um, and I'm putting them in naughty or nice list based on their build, how brutal they are. That doesn't mean you shouldn't run them if they're in the naughty list or anything, but it just it's just to let you know they be nasty if they're in naughty and mm. they're pretty cool and they're fun to fight or whatever if they're in a nice list. Yeah, like arty versus serious, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. so the one that I'm going to put in, I start off with the big man. I think I will. It's Santa. I 
I found a stat block. I'm just going to, if you give me a second, and I'll shout out the site that I got it from. Um, it was a blog called worldbuilderblog.me. Um, they have a stat block for Santa Claus on it. It's CR20. And oh my God, he is nuts, man. And about this time last year, actually, I think it was the 11th of last year, um, I ran a session with one of the groups that I was running a big campaign with. And I think it was one of my pal's girlfriends had joined us at the time or something. There was, there was a new person coming in or two people coming in. And I thought, do you know what? They're going to do this really hard adventure. So I'll just break it up and put a fight in the middle. But then went, crap, there's a lot of people, but I've got to make it Christmas themed. So I was like, I'll find Santa. And the stat block that's on his website, man, it's so good. He's so brutal. Um, just to give you an idea. Uh, and I'd like to hear if you think he should be naughty and nice, because I've moved him around twice now, and now I don't know where he sits. But um, Santa has so much hit points. I, I, I cannot describe to you how many hit points he has. I actually can't find the stat block now. Um, maybe it's not the world builder one. Hold on. Uh, anyway, I'll just keep talking about it. So... Anyway, Santa Claus, yeah, it is worldworld.blog, uh, me even. So, Santa Claus has layer actions, which is cool. Uh, I don't think we've ever had layer actions in a game, maybe once. Um, but basically, I, I had it set up and on their adventure, they came across a town that was enveloped in a tundra. It was just like this area, and they went in and all the houses were frozen, there were sacks everywhere that were ripped open. And they're like, what's going on? And they had presents, and then they started to go, oh, come on, man, don't tell me you're making a see Santa. But they did, and it was huge. I made them like this big monstrosity and things, and all these like undead still reindeer, and one with a glowing nose. Um, but I Santa has so much cool stuff on him. He's got things. Not only has he got layer actions, legendary actions, and legendary resistances, uh, but he's got a sack of gifts, which does like average fifteen damage, and I think he can get them off three times. You know, so. And at this time, the group were like level eight. So, I mean, they were every hit was really bad for them. Like, I mean, it's taken off at least a fifth of the hit points and things. Um, he throws jolly hollies, which is just a wreath of hollies um, that does a lot of damage. It's ranged. If you get caught by it and fail, a, I think it's a wisdom save, uh, you fall to the ground laughing, prone, and all that. So, it makes you really, really bad, like easy to hit. Um, and you can't stand until after Santa's finished his next turn and things like that. He throws presents with monsters in them, which was what the burst open sacks were. Um, which blinds you or something, or deafens you. It's like, it's so brutal, man. Um, he's, <laughs> I forgot about this one. His ability, ability he's got called Peace on Earth. So, and it's any number of creatures he chooses within 30 feet basically fall under the sanctuary spell. So that's good for his little reindeer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Anyway, really cool. He's also got these twinkly eyes and it charms you by Santa. Um, one of his, my favourites is a wee legend, I'm sure it's a legendary action, called You've Been Naughty. Um, and <laughs> basically, it's, if you do a save and I think if you fail it, you're in his naughty list or something like that. Um, but it gives him a, a, Santa and his allies advantage to hit you and stuff. So basically, he's going to steamroll the hell out of you, is most of his abilities. And it's a total riot. Uh, it turns out my pals ended up beating them in that game, even though they were very like level eight versus CR twenty. But a, a part of it was just I didn't know what the hell I was doing. There was so much abilities, but Santa was a monster to fight. Um, oh, he ran away, I suppose. So I suppose they didn't kill him, but it was so much fun. It, 
is so hard though. So what, what do you think? What, what do you think he should well, be in? Because you don't need to play him nasty. Like you could have him fighting with the players and doing all this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, so it, I th- I think that's the thing. Um, <laughs> if if you're gonna get the players to come up against um and attack him and have undead reindeer as you've put the spin on it I think that's going to fall into the naughty side and it's kind of taking everybody's happy childhood memories and then just wiping the floor with them with it so if you're doing a CR20 evil Santa is going to be naughty but if you're doing a CR20 Santa or just any form of Santa that kind of fits with the classical image that the Coca-Cola Corporation created then yeah put him in the next list I I think I'll settle with I know I played him evil but even though he's evil I would still be like put him in the nice list because it was so much fun to play him and I know my players had a lot of fun fighting him like mm. it was just a, especially because the abilities it's shout out to the, that website um, I've just closed it so I can't remember the name worldbuilder.me uh, there's the ones um so, but it, it, the actual build of the character was so much fun. And even though they were getting their, my players were getting their ass kicked, you know, they still enjoyed it because it was mm-hmm. funny. You know, mm-hmm. it was like throwing holly wreaths and all that and shouting, you've been naughty and all that nonsense. So I am putting that in the nice list as well. Um, I had such a blast with that game. Um, and that actually, t- is you, have you got anything you want to say? I've got another character I can bring in if you want. If it's the one that I think you might bring in and it's probably a good time to bring it in so this one obviously you would think he sits in naughty but I want you to make your mind up okay and it's Krampus mm-hmm. and Krampus it's like he's nowhere near as bad as Santa for some reason in terms of like how hard he is to beat but um, Krampus we had a lot of fun with when we had him uh, and it was a separate group but it was also a lot easier but it was very much just, if you know Krampus, he's like evil Santa. Um, that's kind of oversimplifying it, but we'll just leave it mm-hmm. at that. But so, actually... A lot, of, a lot of cultures just wiped out. In nah, that, nah, that sweeping statement. I know. Bad Santa. Maybe I'm in the naughty list. Nah. But um, so what was cool about Krampus when I'd done it with my, my different group was I didn't tell them it was Krampus. It was set in winter, you know, and all that. And there was this hoofed kind of creature with horns, a big one. I based the design off of the Krampus film, which was actually really good. I totally recommend it um, if you're watching it over Christmas. Um, but, yeah, I had him sneak up and end up discovering it was like Santa and stuff. Um, sorry, Krampus. But uh, Krampus, he's not as, um, not as fun, I would say, but he's basically just really nasty. He's get, he can throw chains at people... Uh, it can grab onto them to make it um, easier for him to hit them and things like that. Uh, there's stuff that he can throw at you to blind you. Uh, he does have a series of legendary actions. It's just two, actually, I think he gets. Uh, and I think, if I just double-check, he, might, uh, he doesn't have legendary resistances. So he's actually an easier fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he, Santa was like this guy on steroids in terms of how hard he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's why I'm not sure about putting him in like, okay, sure he's a bad guy, but he's a cool thing to add to a game. Um, but he's quite nasty. So I think with that, I'd probably just, traditionally I'd be putting him in the naughty list. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably agree with what you're saying. Because um, the thing with CR20 Santa is it, it depends on how you spin him. Mm-hmm depends on where I would place him but 
overall I would probably put him in the nice list because you don't necessarily have your level 8 players coming up against a CR20 challenge and things so assuming that it's if you are going to make it bad Santa then it's an even uh, an even fight and all that sort of stuff put it in nice because it's is making the players work and stuff and it's because he has a serious fight and a challenge then you're eliminating kind of bits of the cringe mm-hmm. aspect of it or if it's like you've got him as some sort of like guardian protector or whatever then again it's all nice and happy and stuff whereas with the Krampus you go well a lot of the the actions and stuff are you know there's there's no kind of nice spin on it if you know what I, I mean. know like, I'm just thinking that like the, the holy thing. wreath like when you get hit with that you you fall prone and laugh and you laugh you know and you go okay that can be made quite sinister but at the end of the day you're incapacitated through laughter yeah it, you know it's, it's all oh nice and all that kind of thing so I probably keep him naughty and although he's not as big a challenge he's still a challenge if you pitch it to the right group yeah um, I think that's fair enough um, I can't even just looking at it again I looked at all that stuff before I even uh, done it um, added it to my list and stuff but I just yeah let's leave him in the naughty list I would say but certainly add him to your games because he's, he's an evil guy um, I suppose if you wanted the challenge to be harder you could actually mm-hmm. augment him with some of Santa's abilities you yep. know yeah um, just craft it just dead easy to do um, but this one I think it was a uh, dmdave.com I'm sure I got it from yeah um, so dmdave.com that's where I found that before um, I'm sure I'm sure this is the original one I thought it was a different site I got this from but when I googled it again it seemed to be this guy so um, but definitely worth having a look and both times that I've ran these dudes uh, Krampus and Santa it was a riot so it's, it's just a lot of fun you know mm-hmm. so what about yourself you got anything well I've got another one for the nice list Okay, go actually even and not end nice. Are we? So far. Oh no, I'm going to tip it for nice. That's that's not good. Sorry, I've, anyway. got, I've got bad things I can throw at us. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so that's incorporating real life, I've written that down as. So what do you mean? Um, taxis. <laughs> taxis. taxis. <laughs> it's Christmas taxis. No, um, basically I'm, I'm meaning so taking things from your local area or your country or your own culture or you know whatever and incorporating that in your game and kind of you can really dial down in this when it comes to Christmas because you know it's throughout the year um, <clears throat> everybody's just trying to go on with things whereas with Christmas because there's a, a bigger focus and family and the holiday and things shut and it you know it leaves you with <clears throat> with that little bit of time for family and things so like de- depending on what your local area is and things this is all going to be unique to you and is going to be different so as an example um where myself and Jordan stay um there's one of the supermarkets that's here and every year it puts up a tree and every year without fail that tree falls over 
and they put it back up and it falls over and they put it back up and it falls over and that is the highlight of my year pretty much just watching the chaos that this involves so this year what they've done is they put up an even bigger tree they, they decided that a bigger tree is not going to fall over as much as a smaller tree Anyway, it fell over twice within the first week and they got rid of the big tree and they've now got a tiny tree. So, as an example, in a game, a town where all the trees mysteriously fall over and everybody has to go and investigate and find out what's going on and save Christmas or, you know, whatever way you want to spin it. So pick something that's going on in your in your local area and include it or wider a field. I would agree with that, although I have no idea it fell down that often. Probably because I barely spend time. Like, well, I do now because I work from home. But see, like mm. before, it was barely around Barhead and stuff, which is probably um, probably shouldn't say online, but who cares? Um, but <laughs> as long as you're not giving out a specific address, I think you're fine. <laughs> one, two, three. Um, but um, I, it's just one of these things. I, I, I wouldn't even notice that stuff, but certainly. I totally agree. Like there's games that I've run where it's based in nearby towns and things like that. Um, so, but it's like kind of back roads and, and all that sort of stuff. And I've had games in the kind of farmhouses that you can drive by near the near where we live. And what's good about bringing games that people like are familiar with, especially if you're talking about things like your hometowns, um, it's very easy for people. It, it reduces how hard it is for people to visualise where they are and it just lets them get into the game rather than needing to try and imagine all this stuff especially if they're not big role players mm-hmm. um, it, like if we did a game and it was based like in, on my street mm-hmm. it would be very easy for the players who like we play with normally yeah. to visualise that um, and it's the same thing I've seen people play um, Delta Green the Impossible Landscapes I think it's set in New York Um but anyway, a group of players I've seen playing that, it was like based in New York and these people could name places and they're going, oh yeah, I know they and they talk about it a wee mm-hmm. bit, but then they would go there, but they're not even, what I realised when I was watching one of the episodes back a wee while ago was they don't even describe the place that much because, and now they do a wee bit for scene setting, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't need a lot. And they could tell these people were in that area. They knew the scene mm. that their characters were in because it was something that they could yeah, yeah, recognise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, going slightly off topic, but keeping for newer players, especially, I think, um, keeping things kind of. Although you might be playing a like with D and D, chances are you're you're playing it in a fantasy setting. Yeah. But keeping it somewhat realistic is going to help players with getting into it because there's less work for their brain to do because they're spending a lot of time trying to figure out stats and their character sheet and whatever else that if you're then asking them to imagine something that is completely the opposite of reality then it's it's a lot of work for them to be doing Um, so keeping it somewhat real is going to take a bit of the pressure off for them and even for myself as well I have really 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 terrible terrible imagination and the creative side of me and things is is not as strong as other people at our table so um, the closer it is to reality then the easier I get on with it and the more I can get out of a game 
Whereas if it's too far the other way, I, I really, sh- I just really struggle to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's actually <clears throat> even just more general. So I think we agree that's on the nice list. Oh yeah. Um, but I think even more generally, what's good? I mean, even like if you're a group, let's say, just to give you an example, like the newest God of War game set and um and games are set in like Norse mythology which I'm a big fan of you know so I, I see like I know a lot about that stuff so I see these kind of different kind of lore figures and mythology figures come in and I can I recognise what they are I can see they're doing stuff different and can like, enjoy that part of stuff you know not all of that sort of things so if you're a group even if it's not like an area that's familiar if you're going to fantasy but it's maybe a theme that your group likes or like a, a fantasy element like if it's Strad of people of gothic horror then they're going to have a blast playing Strad, and they'll really enjoy the kind of set pieces without their brain needing to do too much work. You know, if you know Dracula, then you can go. Well, it's not; they're not exactly the same, but he lives in a big castle and he's a vampire. Mm. You know, don't think that's a spoiler because I mean the front cover shows he's a vampire, but you know it's easy for people to just get that image in their head without needing to do extra work. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it's a good rule of thumb, and I totally recommend it. You know. It's, mm. If you can, if you can't, that doesn't mean it's not going to be as good. It just means some people might need mm-hmm. a bit more work or maybe just be a bit more descriptive and narrative. Uh, or uh, Yeah, but just make sure to be more narrative when you're describing things um, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. But certainly doing things that are familiar to people is a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, okie doke. Cool. I think then I've got... A I don't think I've got much more. I'm just thinking if there's anything actually decent. There's a couple more NPCs and stuff, but I don't want to bog it down too much with that. Uh, I think I'm going to give a shout-out to a game. This might be the last. Uh, there's two games I'll say. I'll just I'll combine these small, kind of bite-sized games into one uh, thing uh, in the Naughty or Nice list, and that's a game called Twas, which is a Christmas-themed RPG. Uh, it's dead easy. I won't go into the details. I won't go into it that much. But it's actually it's dead easy to pick up. It's it's very um, similar to the other one. Rules light, so it's, it's something that's simple to pick up and just let you play it. Now it is Christmas themed, so whether or not I'm not really sure how it fits. Like if you want to play it, I mean you could probably homebrew it and stuff. But it's very much it's a good thematic game for Christmas. I would mm-hmm. argue, um, and the other one I would recommend. I'm sure this is the one with hacks. I've not actually run this. But with other people in over in it, and it's Goblin Quest, which is also super rules light, mm-hmm. uh, very fast to pick up. Uh, I'm sure we've done a Cthulhu hack for that game for Goblin Quest, um, and it was a blast. But I'm sure Goblin Quest is the one that has a whole bunch of stuff like for it. That's like here's a expansion for it that takes almost no work to actually add to your games. Uh, Goblin Quest is a lot of fun. It specifically focuses on things being funny, like and just just enjoying the hilarity. The rules is almost like a, a secondary thing to it, which is a big contrast to D and D or Pathfinder or some mm-hmm. of these other games that are much more rules heavy, yeah. or even Cyberpunk and stuff, which we're going to play. And uh, Mamma Mia, the rule book is big. It's a big rule book, um, but um, I so Goblin Quest is also a good one. So I would see these kind of smaller bite-sized game systems that's mm-hmm. something for me on a nice list especially over christmas where rules light games uh, are good for one shots mm-hmm. and rules light games are perfect for those especially over christmas where you might have several nights in a week or a few nights in one week to play with people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i i'd agree with you on that the 
like your your festive games to me the simpler they are the better because if you have family coming over and you decide that that's something that you want to do with them then you know you need everybody to be able to know what's going on so that they can enjoy the game and as well as that so that you can either get the game done and over with and you know potentially an evening depending on when you've got people coming over or if it's friends and you've got kind of more occasions then okay you can kind of add more elements in and things but for that holiday period you're you're sitting going what you've got (laughs) if you start super early you've got from the first of december to middle of january or whatever so you've got that time to have everybody look at the rules, understand the rules, make up their characters, play however many games that you get a chance to play, and then, you know, that's you. So if you look at it, that if you give the rules out early and you manage to get everybody looking at them, then you go, what, you've got five, maybe six weeks maximum during that sort of period, realistically, but then you've got... Christmas itself and things that probably knocks a week out for most people and things so you've got maybe four or five opportunities realistically to to do games over that period so everybody needs to kind of be able to pick it up get what's going on and then get going yeah and even with that four or five days realistically you've got to play it might not always be consecutively or in the same couple of weeks Mm -hmm. so that's why that's what's nice about rules like games and something that our group's been doing uh, jamie and i's group has been doing a lot now i'm glad i hope we kind of stick not maybe stick to is is like no um it like doesn't need to be like okay we're doing this new system now and then this new system but we are now doing a lot more explore, exploration of new systems and games mm. of that because before what we used to do was like take a campaign and we'd do it for ages you know and it would be like two and a half years of playing one campaign um, and that's fine you know some groups are fine with that but certainly because I've been playing a lot of different systems and things like that actually what we're now doing is we're, we're a bit more flexible with it now it doesn't mean our game might not go five sessions or something like that but yeah. it seems like we're, we're trying a bit more stuff and that's where what's nice about that is it lets I think it improves your running games mm. uh, I think there's maybe a, uh, there's some maybe a topic in that actually maybe I'll have a think about that but um, because one thing certainly playing D&D all the time it's like you get into a D&D way of doing it but I remember the first time I seen D&D players playing Call of Cthulhu and it was bad it was bad for them like they just were like oh monster will run charge it and it one shot went on and they went huh <laughs> quick retreat <laughs> so but it, it, it lets you you've learned new systems yeah. you can connect things together homebrew mm-hmm. things easier and what these light rules light games do i would argue because uh, things like Morkborg or cyborg both done by free league and uh St- stockholm cartel i think i might be getting one of the names wrong or there might be someone else i'm forgetting but these games are rules light but it's like hardcore fantasy or hardcore sci-fi or cyberpunk is basically what cyborg is um but what or even alien as well that's a game that almost actively discourages rolling you know mm-hmm. but it, it means you can pick up stuff from playing these little short games and these lo- rules light games at christmas like goblin quest i know for sure like that game is so much fun and it really introduces a kind of 
a different style of running games. You know, it shows you that you don't need to have it super serious all the time. Um, and it shows you how much better games are for it, I would argue. Um, so, yeah, definitely use the time to the best of your advantage. And if you're going to get people dipping in and out of games because they can't commit to it over the mm-hmm. Christmas period, well, you're probably better doing it with a rules-like game anyway, you know, yep. um, instead of wanting to make the best five-game Christmas series you've ever done just think about having the fun instead and mm-hmm. I think that's what these systems do with the limited time that Jamie's just been talking about yeah so okay yeah. and if you're going to play Twas make sure it was the night before Christmas yes uh, although actually I've only read a bit about that so I don't know how good it is but I've heard a lot of good things about it and I was starting to read a PDF of it but I never got to read it all but I've heard heard very good things about it especially over the Christmas period so Okay, doke. Um, I think then I don't. I've got one more thing I think that's worth mentioning, but it is only an NPC, mm-hmm. um, and it's very much on one side of the list. To be honest, have you got anything I, that you want to? Yeah, I've got one last thing I think that is worthy of throwing out there. So my last kind of story element to or plot driver sure. um, to fire out there is a collision of timelines. Okay. So, I know where I would put that because I picked it. So, where would you put it? Uh, and what what do you mean collision of timelines? So, you're playing whatever character and you're going about and you're doing your normal normal business and then during the middle of, you know, combat or an investigation that you're doing around the town, you, you see a figure that looks familiar but you don't recognise them so you think it's a bit strange and then you carry on throughout the rest of your day and the same figure appears again and you go no this is they're following me so you confront them and you realize it's your future self Mm. that that is the kind of thing that i'm meaning so different either different timelines merging and colliding with each other or someone from the future coming back or someone from the past coming forward that's what i mean okay uh that's interesting so as well as timeline, I'm, I suppose I'm kind of throwing that up for like parallel universes merging as well. I suppose that's an interesting one. Um, hmm, where would I put that? And like, so let's say should it be naughty or nice over the Christmas period? So why? So why? What would be the? I'm I'm not sure. Do you know what the thing for me? Right, I I find a lot of games sometimes I kind of like overly complex for not any real reason mm-hmm. um, not saying that this is at all but the other thing I found sometimes and I've been guilty of this where you put in like puzzles or these little mysteries or hooks that are they're, they're obscure by nature but you think they're pretty easily solvable and then you find out players or yourself as a player don't have a clue what, what people are talking about you know it's like well, I'm not sure so it depends I think I would actually say if we're talking about playing it over Christmas, I would say I'd put that under under naughty just for the sake of like some of the stuff we spoke about. That doesn't mean don't do it. I I'm kind of putting it under naughty more because of my preference to not do it. Um, but um, I'm so saying that more because a lot, especially over Christmas, the games that I do over Christmas tend to be short and funner, and mm-hmm. they tend to be simple though as well. So. Not saying that's a bad thing. I just if we wanted to categorise it, this is where the naughty nice category actually. It's hard to. It's kind of different for each type of thing we're bringing in. 
So sorry, people listening and watching, but just make up your own list from it. You can just you can move it around. Um, so I would put it under my. But what do you think? I I would put it under nice because something a bit different to do. Sure. And sticking to your Christmas theme and things, Scrooge. Goes to Christmas past, Christmas future, and all that stuff. All right, so it's very yeah, thematic, I suppose. So, boom, there yeah. you go. Like see, that there. Yeah. See, yeah. see what I said just a second ago about things uh, being too complicated. <laughs> Although, not saying that was, but that's just like I, my games tend to be simple, and I, mostly because a lot of people I play with like to drink when they play games as well. So, uh, I just prefer simpler. I mean, I play a lot of horror games as well, so, and there has been time. Oh god, I've got a campaign there that's got time elements in it that I've not spoken about yet. But um, just purely, that's just not something I do. But then I think, as you probably know, I'm sure I've spoke to you about this. I've got something against flashbacks and things like that. I don't know. They do my head in, um, a lot. and it's not because I don't get it. It's just that half the time, it's like you could have just put it in order, and it would have mm. been just as good. Um, death Row. Yeah, like see the first Witcher series season even. That suffered from it, time jumping all the time. They're trying to be way too clever, in my opinion. But maybe I'm too smooth-brained yeah. for it. I don't know. But yeah. it, it's something that if you use it, I would say you need to use it sparingly and you need to ask yourself, am I doing this because I like the idea of it and I'm shoehorning it in? Or does this actually fit? Does this make sense? Is this going to enhance what I'm trying to achieve here and I think it's something that you could very very easily overdo and I think it's something that you could really really easily make it fall flat with as well sure so be warned be careful but I think it's interesting and I think it, it can liven things up so that was uh, I say nice but you're saying naughty unless you've changed your mind I mean, it's just not something I would do, but I, I get why actually it's a cool thing. I actually think that's a good thing, like a seed for a game, like just based, I mean, a lot of good games are based off of other mm-hmm. things and just you tend to put tweaks on them. Uh, so we're saying collision. Okay, I'm just putting that under the nice side. I, mm-hmm. I concede and give you the, the nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and just an idea that popped in my head. You could take the Scrooge element of that and then you could work that into a horror game. Yeah, I mean, it's quite easy to do that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so actually... It, the thing is what is rewarding about that sort of stuff is when people actually figure it out they can kind of go they get that eureka moment mm-hmm. which is something that's really cool um, just because especially some of the mm-hmm. groups I have I don't I don't tend to have super crazy puzzles and games mm-hmm. around I just tend to have a, an easy goal for them to remember if we don't play for six weeks mm-hmm. but then that's just my group's preference more than anything else um, I mean I didn't even do dream sequences for like two years just because I was like ah, I can't be bothered mm-hmm. um, but when I'd done them I I definitely got kind of a reward from it you know people really seem to enjoy these little illusions mm-hmm. and they were effectively flash forwards actually so mm-hmm. I suppose it did end up using the same sort of thing yeah but um okay cool so I've got one thing to be honest it's very obviously in the naughty list and that is and I think you pronounce it the boer hag it's b-h-e-u-r boer boo hair the boer hag um, it's basically a really like if you know a hag from D&D it's just an ice version of that. Um, but I always love having a hag in a game. Um, just they're so good. If if it's Strad, you're talking about Baba Lazaga or the Dream Pastry Folk or her coven uh, or whatever it is. Um, they're so much fun because <laughs> you can play them off as nice and most of the hags have things to make them look good or have it. you can give them a spell to disguise them. 
so you can really have them in and about your players without them knowing night tags being a good example of that because they can alert and possess your dreams or whatever it is they do and torment you over a period of time mm-hmm. so the boar hag I, I, I just like them they're, I think if I remember right they're a bit are they harder ones I can't remember I think the night hag might be the worst one but obviously they've got all the same stuff a normal hag does so I won't mm-hmm. go into it but they do have a couple of um, innate spells that they cast like cold themed ones it's winter so why not have a wee walking through the tundra they see someone coming and they want to save this person it turns out it's a hag that wants to eat their flesh because she's hungry yeah. um, maybe it's an old lady that looks in distress and lost out in the woods in the middle of the snow <gasps> and then she tries to eat your flesh um, with a whole bunch of stuff like you know ice storm wall of ice that's a good one for players or against players I mean cone mm. of cold just speaking about controlling weather mm. so there's a lot of kind of good utility spells and crowd control spells she's got as well the boar hag um, so I, obviously the naughty list, but I I do like I do love a good hag, and I couldn't I couldn't put a Christmas list or naughty nice list together without putting in a wee hag. I do love them; they're so much fun. Yeah, so naughty for me. Yeah, naughty for you. Yeah, yep. that's right. So I'll just put hag. So I think then before we do the total, there's one more thing here, and we weren't sure about putting it in. When I say we weren't sure about putting it in, Jamie's like, "Don't you dare." Uh, but it's not it's not actually that bad but what we'll do is there's one surprise thing I wonder if we try and do a poll I'll have a think about it we'll maybe make a wee post alluding to this episode mm-hmm. uh, if you keep your eye out on social media jump over and see what it is but it's actually my favourite thing on my list and I have about 14 or 15 things on my list and it's mm-hmm. by far even more important than Strad or Alien or anything I've mentioned it's this particular creature uh, and I think you should put it in your games because tell you what it's not going anywhere soon uh, but we'll see if we make a post about it I would really like to but we'll see we'll see how we feel once or maybe after the episode goes out I'm not sure when this will go out maybe maybe not on Christmas but maybe just before it or something we'll see um, why not our present to everybody yeah true well they might not watch it at Christmas <laughs> exactly. they'll be doing they'll be stuff busy, on yeah. Christmas um, we'll, we'll figure out when we're putting it but it'll be either on or the just before Day Christmas bonus so Boxing Day call it. Boxing Day bonus. Beginner's handbook Boxing so, Day bonus. And may, maybe between then and new, the new year we'll have um we'll, we might put this thing out just to give you the surprise. Um so anyway, that's our Christmas list. So the definitive list four, five, four, five, six, oh god, it's like five on the bad naughty list versus seven in the nice list. So that's boring. So naughty list had Well we save Christmas then. Uh, I don't like, I hate Christmas anyway. Uh, that's not true, I love Christmas. So, in Naughty, we've got Under the Winter Snow, which was the Call of Cthulhu game set in North uh, Dakota. Uh, we've got uh, Surprise PvP. We have... Um, I can't even read Montan right in there. Hold on, I'm just trying to see what that is. I'll just move on. We've got Krampus. We've got the Hag. No, that's crossed out. Right. Uh, this one here. Oh, yeah, so it is. There's something else beginning with the letter M motivated oh it's motivations so that's the oh yeah the ulterior the scenario under the, under the winter snow pvp mm-hmm. surprise pvp um ulterior motives and kind of secret ones yeah. secret ones we've got krampus and we've got the uh, emburg hag we spoke about under nice we have alien 
because it is it does PvP very well and ulterior motives yeah. very well and it's a blast. Yeah, and because it's built in as part of the system, everybody's in the same playing field, so nobody's getting stabbed in the back. Yep, um, we've put in um, a collision of time and um, uh, what would you call it again? Uh, like parallel universes, parallel and, universes like and stuff. Yeah. In terms of games, I've recommended things like uh, Rime of the, um, Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden. It's a great campaign, very fitting for um, Christmas. In terms of other mechanics, we've got sheet swapping, which is a good one, mm-hmm. and integrating real life into your games. Um, and then we've also put, uh, I've recommended Santa, CR20 Santa. He can be very good, but he can also be very bad. Um, but regardless, he's a lot of fun either way. Um, and then the last kind of main thing I recommended for this one was uh, Rules Light games. They're great over Christmas. And if you get a bunch of role-playing games over the Christmas period, I recommend rather than sitting for two months trying to figure out your rules, just figure out how you do combat, how you do a skill check, regardless of the game, and just give it a go over the Christmas period. Yeah. Because... It's the best way to learn is to play it, and I've done Warhammer yeah, before, yeah. but we are probably in the near future going to be doing Warhammer, mm-hmm. um, and it's there's still going to be a lot of wait. I don't know what that is, um, but that's the best way to do it, and it's still a mm-hmm. lot of fun. So yeah, that's our definitive Christmas list for this point of time anyway. And there's one, one secret, and I know that will sit in the naughty list. So I'm just going to put that here and now, so I remember. <laughs> um. So there's one mystery um, naughty list item which I suppose takes a total to six versus the nice seven. Um, but okay, that's it from us then. So yeah. I just want to say, first of all, you've heard our list. I wonder if you've got any lists. Give us like three nice suggestions and three bad suggest- um, naughty suggestions mm. uh, or anything like that. Um, it would just, it'd just be nice to see what other people are thinking because I'm certain there's stuff that we've not put in that people would absolutely recommend to do over the Christmas period. Mm. Um, but I think other than that it's a thanks from me for watching or listening to this yeah and thanks from me as well and remember we've got Facebook there that you can get in touch with us and leave us the suggestions or Twitter, Instagram's there as well Discord's kicking about as well and if you're on YouTube there's comments underneath as well yeah just make sure as well Just it helps give us an indication of what sort of stuff people are like, like mm-hmm. doing We've changed. We've been doing different formats. You'll probably notice if you're watching some of our episodes, the format will probably change a bit. Yeah. Um. But even just how we're recording episodes, we might change that in the future and stuff as well. So, um, just give us an indication to do with com if it's the content of it or the format, whatever it may be. If you can like things and and comment on what it is you would like to see more of and stuff, that will just really help us figure out the format. We're still figuring mm-hmm. our way through it, even though we've got a few episodes out now. So it'd be much appreciated. Yeah. Um, so oh and subscribe because we've got to ask for that or something apparently YouTube doesn't like it if you don't ask at least the algorithm doesn't the cosmic algorithm eh, algorithm sorry so anyway that's it that ties up this episode so thanks very much it's bye from me and bye from me as well Mm -hmm.